Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, thanks for tuning in. I'm Anita Adams, your host, and today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Michael Andre Ford, who is an angel intuitive in San Antonio, Texas. Michael has a unique ability to pull back the veil to help people meet, hear, and see angels, spirit guides, and other well-known compassionate figures. He connects you to yourself and the universe without barrier and is able to move energy so you transition out of thinking and into your heart where all is possible. He understands that it is in your heart where you hear, feel, and see the beautiful beings that are here to support you on your present journey. Michael says, all you need to do is allow, ask, and receive. There are no limits. Michael, I love this. There's, there are no limits when you have an open mind. So allow, ask, and receive. How beautiful and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I admit it's great to reconnect. And yes, sky's the limit. I've been saying uh, there are no limits for probably eight to 10 years now, but this year I'm switching it to sky's the limit or something bigger. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, I'm really curious, when did you discover you have this ability of seeing and communicating with angels and spirit guides? Hey, and I know for the audience, it sounds like a really big deal and it is, but it's also not a big deal. Everyone's got a big heart and can do that listening, feeling, hearing, and seeing on their own. Um, you've just got to give it a chance, so to speak. And I was in New York for 20 years. I'm from the East coast. I'm in San Antonio. Now, once I moved out to a home I had purchased, I had little stuff start happening, seeing, hearing, feeling. And of course you think you go crazy. I grabbed every intuitive I knew and met a bunch of new ones, grabbed them by the lapels, started shaking and saying, what's going on? So I'm a super slow learner hmm. and stuff that would take me two years, six months, two months, two weeks to appreciate. I'm pretty sure that everybody I connect with does like that. So I look like a slow poke, but I'm really fast at teaching. And um, yeah, so probably 2011, 2012, and I grabbed a camera for security purposes. I started seeing... And I started taking pictures of balls of light and fairies and other stuff. And I gave the camera to other people and they did the same. Mm -hmm. And now you can just see with your eyes, you know, once you get comfortable, you can just see with your eyes open, maybe in your backyard or across the lake. Um, and it's direct. So that's, what's really beautiful about this is I just tee the person up or tee yeah. the golf ball up. You take the swing. That, that's interesting. Is it kind of, maybe this is too simplistic, but is it kind of like when, when you, you know, you buy a red car, suddenly you see red cars all over the place because <laughs> your, your awareness is there about red cars? Is it the same sort of idea? It's something like that. I mean, where you put your focus is where you put your focus and that applies to everybody. And that's whether you're, we all do tons of thinking and I'm going to make this slight argument that most of our thinking is kind of a waste of energy. It's mm. unconsciousness and we're not going to get rid of it. So I'm not trying to beat anybody else up. I'm going to go right back to thinking after the show. Um, but the more we can just let go a little and do a little less thinking, just 10%, 5% a week, be in the heart, breathe, smile, relax. Um, the more we're connecting to us, our greater selves, our higher self, our soul, the universe, love, which I think is the fabric of the universe, angels and other beings beyond thinking, beyond our immediate experience who are just here to support and help us and don't want to interfere unless you say, Hey, come on in, give me some answers, get me some hugs and help out. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I love that. Um, I totally believe that we do need to 
quiet the mind a little bit more. When we're able to do that, we're able to tap into so much more. And I'm, I'm still figuring that out. I'm still figuring out all the cool things I can tap into when I shut this chatterbox that goes on constantly, right? So it's it's pretty exciting. And I like how you say um, on your website that you're just lifting the veil. And I think that's, that's it. You know, we're lifting the veil and able to see more. Now, you mentioned um, when you went to Antonio, that's when this began. Did I get that correctly? Yeah, it was Austin, Texas. I was there for 10 or 11 years. I bought a home, a little voice as I was getting off a plane, just visiting some law firm offices in Texas and elsewhere around the country. Um, I used to be a public relations professional. So I was head of public relations for two different law firms. Um, A little voice just said when I was getting off the plane in 2002, 2003, hey, you're going to live here one day. And it was a bunch of years later, 2007, I bought the home. And 2009, (laughs) when I moved, like I think full-time or 2010, And the point of this is, I think with that little voice, when it's a positive thing, a lot of us just do what I did, which is just shove it aside. You kind of make a mental note, you check a box, and then you get back to it. And a lot of us take a bunch of extra years to get done what others get done like that. There's many people who have been listening to their heart, to their intuitiveness, Mm -hmm. to their instincts, even athletes. Um, And they just get used to performing that way without much thought. Action without thought, pretty much the pinnacle of success in one sense. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. And it's true, isn't it? It's that trusting that inner voice. Now, I, I associate that inner voice with, um, I, I call it inner wisdom or higher self, my soul voice. I like to refer to it as a soul voice. Are you saying it's something different, that it's an, that's an angel speaking to us? Or what, what is your interpretation of that voice? I think it's all of the above. Um, I help Ooh. people see their souls, if it's okay to put it that way, pretend you've done everything else. You've gotten your answers, gotten your hugs, seen angels, Einstein, Gandhi, figures from India, Native American chiefs, plus a couple relatives, and you've gotten (laughs) over everything somehow, and you're not freaking out. Um, Then you can just look out your window, blue sky or at nighttime and see what what I would describe as like an aurora borealis, if I said that right. Your soul, you can see, it's just beautiful colors. You kind of connect and Yes, you're always tuning into that when you'll allow for it, when you're not doing too much heavy thinking. Um, But I would argue that how do you think your guides, family members, your angels, all your cheerleading squad members? Love that. (laughs) Yeah, if you're a golf, an amateur golf player in the middle of a tournament and you're having a ball, rare time, you're not really working too hard, you're on a roll, you really want to knock that ball an extra 50 yards down on your drive and your own voice comes in and says, yeah, jam it or knock it, you know, whatever you say when you play golf. Mm Well, if it was an angel's voice coming in, you'd probably shank the ball. So I am going to make the argument that, yeah, your guides, your mom, whoever it is that's coming in to influence you that once a year moment or twice a year moment, (laughs) they're not going to use their own voice because you would totally flip out and stop and go, wait, whoa, whoa, was that? Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody do that. They used a Middle Eastern term that means loved one in the middle of my run. And it was so startling, the accent and Middle Eastern thing that I actually stopped running to say, whoa, I just got a beautiful, like, keep going, hobby, keep going. But with this Lawrence of Arabia flair to it, it was so, whoa, it came in so strong. And I normally get support when I'm running. I'm a runner for 40 years that I don't stop. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, when you start to flag on a run or sag a little bit energy wise, maybe you have a big hill. We have a lot of hills in North San Antonio. 12% 12% inclines. Mm-hmm. And so stuff can happen and you can get some support, but you know, half, half of it is you beating up on yourself. So that's the other half, the side of us that's unconscious, wants to control, mm-hmm. resist, react, fear, um, reject, worry, stress. I mean, it's just welcome to being human. Right. So that's, that's the, you know, the inner critic or the nasty J- DJ that's spinning those w- records that we don't want to, that we tend to listen to more than the inner wisdom or the spirit guides that may be coming to us. Yeah. If you can take a breath, smile, relax, do some yoga, run your hands underwater, go exercise, just lay your eyes on a tree, hug a tree. There's a million <laughs> ways into your own heart. Yeah. And it's what you talked about pulling back the veil it's maybe a 25 centimeter difference from here to here, but for some of us, it's a lifetime or it's two careers later before we realize we're trying way too hard up here in a structured world that isn't quite how it necessarily really is. And that when you start to follow your heart, a lot of the obstacles we were perceiving before fall away. So there's always greater perspective, but everyone's good where they are right now. 
And believe it or not, I mean, I know that's hard to say if someone has a really tough, my problem is situation, no one gets a divorce happening or a job layoff or a, a bit of health news that's not great and reacts and say, oh, this is my opportunity for growth. It's back to what we were talking about, the thinking side, the ego mm -hmm. side, the part of us that wants to try to handle all this change and energy flowing in us, around us, and that's happening to us. Mm -hmm. So was there anything that happened in your life that caused you to really tune in and start listening to, to that voice that was trying to communicate with you? Well, I'd say uh, I'm, I'm kind of that weird case study in terms of, I feel like I've, going back, I've been going backwards through life this entire time, walking <laughs> backwards. I figure out stuff maybe decades later after the fact. The fact that you own the space that you live in didn't occur to me. I've moved 25 to 42 places and I had to check with adults and others who are all like, yeah, no, my home, my apartment, I come first. That had escaped me. And a lot of other things escaped me. I've always looked young. I probably didn't grow till 11th grade at Phillips Academy Andover. They grabbed me as a coxswain for crew right away when they saw that I was 90 pounds. You know, eight rowers, <laughs> that's what, 11 pounds each. Yeah. And, um, and so a lot of stuff kind of happened to me. I was always kind of pretty happy. Both my parents passed 1970 when I was two. My dad was a Navy fighter pilot. It was his time to go. He had just turned 25, June 7th. And on June 10th, he passed away in 1970, put into Arlington in 1998, no um, uh, military honors. They shut down all the airports, front page of the Washington Post. But hundreds of people have met him and my mom passed when I was turning 23. She was an artist, a great connector of people, petite mm -hmm. woman, but they'll show in their 20s and hundreds of people have been able to see them after they've met angels. They're reconciled. They can get any answers from them. And because they've been around more recently to pay the bills and stuff like that, they just hit the ground running with folks and give great practical advice. So again, this is a lot to take in that there might be more around us than just our thinking, mm -hmm. our personal reality. But when you do line up 7 billion people, and if you compared everybody's reality to everybody else's, all their beliefs and no shrimp, oh no, I love shrimp. And then you realize what you could kind of cancel, a lot of stuff cancels each other out. We're left with, I hope, love is love. And the mm -hmm. details are far less important. Are you living enough, having enough fun, sparkly enough, helping others, helping yourself first with a little bit of self-love and, you know, cranking away on your unique life path that I think we all have one of those. Absolutely. So just, just to clarify, so your parents who passed away a number of years ago are, you consider them part of your team. Am I hearing that? I do. I do now. Yes. Yeah. And definitely, you know, it's rough when you lose a loved one. I think a lot of people have lost loved ones. Um, it's kind of like a spiral staircase and it can feel real tight or the room, the walls close in for a while. And at some point you learn to sort of get along with the concept that they're gone, they're missing, you feel it. I mean, the more you love that person. So um, yeah, it, it was part of my growing up. And for what, whatever- sorry, what, reason, was, what was part of your growing up? Just, just them not being there, so right. to speak. Okay. Um, and I've always been super enthusiastic, kind of high energy, blame it on the running since I was 14. Um, but the bottom line is uh, super happy, super happy-go-lucky, I hope, and super enthusiastic. So that's been where I've been coming from. And uh, not too quick on the uptake is how I'd put it. Stuff that, again, everyone that I help does it like this. But for me, it was two weeks, two months, two years. Once I get my head around it, I'm very quick at going, oh, not such a big deal. Right. I'll blow sage from where I'm at in San Antonio. And if you're in New Zealand, you can smell it through two screens wherever you are around the world. I've done that for a bunch of show hosts this year mm. who have captured it on their shows. Maybe mm. we'll do that at the end of the show or something. Okay. So, so interesting. Um, and how are, how are, how is your team? And in this case, the, the different um, entities and your parents, how are they supporting you and, and your, your, um, the people that you're helping? Like what, what are they doing? Are they, Walk me through that a little bit more. I take a lot of baby steps with folks. If it's 70 little, um, little steps of letting go, it could be, mm. again, smelling that sage through two screens. And that's sometimes the very first thing I do for folks because you start to smell burning sage at this end and you say to yourself, oh my God, what is that? I'm smelling sage. And mm. there was a Melbourne, Australia podcast host. It took seven minutes for him to smell it. But when he did, 
he was pure laughter and he was jumping around his studio. He couldn't believe it. Wow. And I think that's where you see the rub. Right. There's what we know and what we allow for. And then our heart, when we get out of there, that's when all the fun stuff happens. Okay, got it. Yeah. So you're, you're basically, you're, again, you're, you're helping to lift the veil and it might take some people longer to get there and see that. Maybe they're um, uh, very logical minded. And if they're too rigid, they're not going to be able to show up. Or if they're too fearful, you have to, it's a little bit like bridge, bungee cord, jump, hot air balloon, skydiving. Mm -hmm. I would argue it's a lot more like just, Hey, could you head out the door and go for a walk? Mm -hmm. I think it's much more simplistic, but it can feel like you're jumping off. You're doing cliff jumping in Acapulco. It's going to seem like a really big idea. Sure. And I imagine there's a lot of skepticism um, around, uh, around this as well. And people accept there are photos of angels, fairies, Plato. Um, it's a direct experience. And once, let's say, two twin sisters who are really relaxed and getting along, once they've each done it individually, they can joint hear, feel, and see Geronimo, Audrey Hepburn, Mary, Jesus, five angels, and maybe wow. their parents yeah, have yeah. passed over. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very direct experience. Interesting. It's really cool. Um, When did you decide you were going to bring this gift to the world and help other people connect with uh, their spirit guides and angels? Uh, Pretty much right away. Back in like 2010-ish, 11. When um, you tapped into this skill, this awareness? Yeah, it keeps unfolding and getting bigger and bigger. I mean, it started with uh, three Native American chiefs, Dolnay, Fredshirt, Geronimo, Mm -hmm. and Plato and a few others. Um, Plato, the philosopher, no hugs for him. They're sweaty. A fist bump. (laughs) tap on the shoulder. That works fine. But again, when my dad died in 1970, there was a woman at this is Virginia beach, Virginia, everybody's either FBI, Navy, you know, government low paying jobs. But so a military sedan rolls away. And my poor mom, who's probably 24 is crushed. She's just gotten the news. My dad's died. Hmm. A woman walked three pictures of these native American chiefs over to my mom and gave them to her. They've been over my bed as a kid young adult. Mm -hmm. And then in my office as an adult for a long time, and it's three native American chiefs, don't life red shirt, Geronimo, unconditional love figures. That's what sort of started this off flash forward to around 2011, 2012. I'm having a dinner party. I tried to play traditional psychic where you have to listen to me for, you know, your answers. And this is the opposite. Now I try not to tell anybody anything. You have a perfectly good heart, perfectly good abilities. It's basic listening, basic feeling, basic seeing, but I'm having a dinner party and I have nothing left to give. I've got no energy. I haven't learned to set up boundaries. I've stretched myself too thin. I'm still having the party, but I know this one guest is going to ask me a question. And that little voice, just like it had said, I'd be moving to Austin one day, came in out of nowhere, sounded like me. And for some reason, I didn't scream and run out of the house. It just said, hey, when she asks the question, punt, don't help her, send her to one of the four bedrooms upstairs, have her talk to the three chiefs on the wall. And so sure enough, I had cat-like reflexes when she asked me at the dinner table, Mm. hey, you know, she knew I could maybe listen for her and kind of do the 1920s thing. Cheating, if you ask me nowadays, everyone Mm. should do their own listening. I just said, hey, head up, ask those three chiefs, get your answers. No one had ever done this yet. I hadn't taken photos of angels, none of that. She's gone for 45 minutes. Something's happened. She comes back down the stairs, a smile, sparkle in the eye. She goes, those guys were great. I got all my answers. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I was like, oh my God, you get, those guys have been over my bed my whole life. And duh, hello, where have I been? Now to make you laugh a little more, there's a lot of like more mature adults. I'll call them the Woodstock crowd. They just know how to roll with all this. Mm. I still was freaking out six months later. I didn't think they were the real Dull Knife Red Shirt Toronto. Now how I didn't know they were the real ones, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm an idiot about this stuff. So that's why I laugh. I'm really fast at helping a person unlock and tap their pre-existing intuitive skills, whether it's athletic or business. A great business person isn't giving themselves credit for how they maneuver. They just have an amazing heart. So she came down, says, hey, I talked to these chiefs. And then that's when everything started to kind of go down the rabbit hole. Plato Mm -hmm. was next, the philosopher. I skipped half my Plato reading at Middlebury College. Don't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And he's great for Plato's cave. I think that's the best metaphor of all. Now, why do you suppose Plato is appearing to you? Uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of people have past lives, stuff like that. If you were to talk to him directly and ask him if I was a great student, I think the concurring opinion here is I was sort of a back row non-listener even back in the day. Let's say you have a past life 
and it's in Greece. I'm a little slow on the uptake. That's okay, but I'm super strong at what I do. Again, there was the sage thing we mentioned, blowing sage to help a person just take a baby step. I help people see auras or energy, the force from Star Wars. You just mm. see colored light consciousness. If you like Joseph Campbell, Power of Myth, Bill Moyers, you just see consciousness flowing on your hands, your dog between, again, those two twin sisters. They could see the light flowing between them. That's sort of the next step I take. I've helped 3,500 people that way. But again, to show you how slow I was on the uptick or the uptake here, I was watching HBO Max, you know, back in 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in there. And I saw a movie and it's like the Miami Vice police chief in it. Maybe it's Celestine Prophecy, NCIS woman, an actor from Band of Brothers. He's being shown how to see his energy like this between his fingers. In India, they'll do it this way. And I'm, I haven't met any angels, taken any photos. I'm like really cocky about it. I'm like, I can do this. I saw white light all over my hands, between my fingers. And I think I'm the only one out of 3,500 people who totally freaked out. I mm. ran to my kitchen, which has <laughs> seemed to be what I did every time back at that old house. Mm. I ran to my kitchen, did circles, yelling out loud. What did I just see? What did I just see? So I completely mm. freaked out for 15 minutes and then I got over it. Yeah. I, I've seen that light occasionally. And sometimes I think I try too hard and I, and I, and I don't, I don't know. Is there, is that again, my brain kind of getting in the way, not just yeah. the, yeah, the brain that... ego, your thinking, whatever you yeah, want to yeah. call it. Um, the childlike side of us just wants to keep us kind of safe and secure. Yeah. Like out of one of those spy movies when they're asking you to step into the vehicle and haul you off. Um, your brain wants to keep you intact and to stick to what you know. It's so much more easy to stay rigid and flexible mm -hmm. and not to try new things. Um, and yet that's exactly how your inner navigational system is flowing as an athlete. You just know where to go instinctively. Mm -hmm. If you're supermarket shopping and you want to go get the milk, but there's a huge verbal fight erupting between two guys, you may say to yourself, hey, let's go get vegetables first. <laughs> I'm back for the milk when the air clears. What's that all about? It's the same thing with basketball players. You're you know, four meters tall. I'm only two. And we're on the New, the New York Knicks. There's 10 seconds left in the basketball game. We're down a point. I've got the ball. We've known each other for a decade. We're two superstars in the NBA. You finish my sentences. I finish yours. You've been at my house. I've been at yours. We just click. You give me the look that says, get me the ball. I get you the ball. You win the game at the buzzer. Mm -hmm. What was that all about? There was no telegram. You didn't shout to me. Hey, Michael, throw me the ball. Same thing with band members in a band, ballerinas on stage, chefs who are getting along in a five-star setup mm. at a kitchen they just know how to dance around each other yeah. total success harmony yeah there's so an that energy that they're success. tapping into yeah and when you pull back the veil and enter your heart that's when you actually see the flows say that again when you actually drop to your heart yeah it's becoming more available to see that consciousness flowing, even in the middle of performing watch your next band and see if you can catch the bass player or the singer um, see if you can see the light around. Them. I have seen that. I have seen that. And Thank it's, you. it's amazing. And I just want to see that all the time, but I, I don't, I, I see it occasionally. So I'm, I'm curious about how do I deepen that and, and tap into that energy and that awareness on a more regular basis. Do you see it all the time or what does it, what does it take for you to tap into that? I would suggest for folks like, you know, you cultivate a practice of yoga, exercise, yeah, totally. naps. do all that. <laughs> yeah. Naps. But when you're coming out of the nap is a great time on your eyelids to have an angel come in. You can see pink light, an angel named Joy, very first angel people meet. Mm. She'll come in that way or an angel named um, Heather. Her name's the word heart rearranged with extra letters. But you can see a heart on your eyelids shut. Mm. But you can see that energy with your eyes open if you'll just allow for it. And then angels, I mean, we all tighten up again. So angels just know the right way to come in with a little bit of light around you. And you, mm. you know, for the first five years, your jaw drops every time. And you say, oh, my God, I just had a whoosh of white light. And it was sort of a little hello to get you to slow down, just right. like an illness would, so that you'll be in your heart. I love it. Okay, I want to I want to talk about a specific guardian angel that you mentioned. You said you have a guardian angel. Her name is Charlotte. Do I have that right? Uh, well, Min Minwala, that's the guardian angel for me. Charlotte is one of my business managers, one of my top angels. Definitely, like when I pass and take my last breath, 
Charlotte's the one who will carry me over is what I've been told. Okay. Okay, cool. Now, you say, I think I read this on your website somewhere that um, that Charlotte has come to you in human form. Yes. So I want um, you to tell us a little bit about that. And how did you know that Charlotte was actually an angel? Okay. And let's back up. You can see angels as like balls of light, streaks of light, and so on. And that's sort of one way to do it. And then you can let go. And if like you're doing a session with me, you can look out your window, your lawn, or if you need a football field away, you can see angels standing there with or without wings. You can see Plato, other figures, your relatives, if you can allow for it, they'll come in and you get to chat two way. And then um, I always try to remind folks, uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. It's like a date, a raise, sort of like a lot of us don't go on enough vacations. Um, you can ask angels to come in on human form and they'll pop in. Maybe you're not meant to talk with them. They're just going to be that sparkly eyed person who waves or you're at a four-way stop sign setup and they wave you forward from the other car, but with some sort of energy that for the next four hours, you can't get it out of your head. They had the most beautiful smile, the most beautiful energy, and it sort of restored your faith in humanity a little. You just get mm. a twinkly eyed person or it's the coffee shop. They hold the door open for you. They're behind the mask, twinkly eyes. They say something and you can't get your words out. You're usually totally the person who's put together. who can say, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. And instead you say, you think, and you <laughs> stumble into the shop and turn and they're gone. And you weren't meant to talk to them you just got whooshed. I don't know how else to say it. So <laughs> pop-ins are possible and that's happened a bunch. Charlotte was there in an Austin Starbucks dressed in a Santa Fe, New Mexico sort of fashion outfit and white with turquoise jewelry. She was elegant. She looks like Audrey Hepburn's sister, silver hair. She was sitting at the front and in my mind's eye, it's like, or my memory, it's 200 feet away, but there's no Starbucks that big. I'm meeting a book editor for my glow stick Zen book and we're doing business, but there's one woman who's kind of, you know, middle-aged elegant staring and totally dressed, not like Austin, Texas. Um, those bars at the front of the Starbucks, they face outwards. Everybody who sits at those high bars is looking out the window to people watch. She's not. And so she's just drinking her coffee, staring the whole freaking time. And I still can't, you know, even to this day, this is probably 10 years ago now or eight years ago. Um, I asked the important questions, again, not to try to keep throwing myself under the bus here, but I asked, and I had other people ask over the years as well, just, I like to have 25 of the same answers before I say, yeah, okay, it's mm -hmm. back. Um, so I'm, I'm as skeptical as probably the next person, if, if anyone can allow for that listening. Um, I asked the important question, which is, do angels actually drink the coffee when they're here? And the answer was yes. <laughs> so... That's Charlotte, but you don't have to see her that way. That's just often the way she shows. I mean, they've got an incredible Hollywood, Hollywood wardrobe better than Elizabeth Taylor and Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. So you yourself can experience it. When you shut your eyes, there's even a guided meditation, me involved for a minute. Angels take over and five minutes of our time here, as we know time and space, is really 10 minutes over there. And where's there? India could come to you and you're dressed India style or a Native American setting, or Hawaii, or Middle East, or Tibet. I just had a Buddhist figure who's pretty recognizable, um, who's been at a Meg Institute in the last few summers, put it that way, who literally got to do the Tibet thing. Hmm. So Tibet came to him, and that was super exciting. So no limits really means no limits, but it's hard, because up here, that's all we deal, wheel and deal. Yeah. We're one giant, giant trading bazaar, or Mecca of limits. We know what we know and we're categorizing, judging, reacting, and I'm right. shocked. So this is an exercise of learning how to let go and to surrender and to be open to the possibilities. Yeah. And it, it feel it is for me, I feel like I'm really open-minded and still I, I fight it. I, there, I fight it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious and I, I do want to explore more. Um, you mentioned a guided meditation. Um, is that something that we can share with our, our listeners? Or is there something that they can go to your website and download to listen or, or what? It's usually just part of the service. Oh, um, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Okay. I add that at the end after you've sort of checked the boxes of letting go, yeah. seeing energy, smelling sage, getting some answers. Got it. Um, I think the record is 49 pages of answers in nine hours. Uh, oh. Australians are amazing at letting go. For some reason, they just seem to be wired to get going. And uh, <laughs> I only check in every couple hours. I don't see the questions, the answers. All languages are spoken, all dialects. So I really feel like I'm off the hook. Plus, forget about languages and dialects. Think about, again, all 7 billion people. 
we're all wired differently with different value systems. We could be part of the same organization, but not agree on stuff. Pick Tom Brady, the quarterback in American football at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If I took 100 fans of that sports team, I don't think they could agree on the running back situation or the quarterback situation was a good idea that Tom Brady came back. Do they want to meet Tom Brady? I mean, that's almost a better example. If I turn to somebody, an angel group, do they really want to meet angels? Not everybody wants to get down on the field and shake Tom Brady's hand, Mm. literally because this is such a big concept for the brain and our modern society today. There's a lot of people who are in their vehicles going hundred miles an hour back to their home. They don't want to meet Tom Brady. They don't want to meet Plato, a native American chief. And they could have been all about that. Um, you know, on the side for their, for their life and stuff like that. Hmm. Of course. Okay. On your website, you say that you believe the greatest form of human compassion is to empower people to listen for their own answers to their life questions. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? How is this a, the greatest form of human compassion? I think everyone's been given an incredible skill set, whether they want to recognize it in the next 30 years, they want to recognize it now, or they want to barely figure it out on their last breath. You've been given everything. You have an incredible hand you've been dealt. Now, our thinking is going to look at the hand, the poker hand, and say, oh my God, I've only got a two, a three, a five, a jack, and one king. It doesn't make a great poker hand. This sucks. And that's normal. Like, congratulations, welcome to being human. And there's going to be ebbs and flows and situations, and my problem is. But it's the ones that can allow and allow for life to kind of kick it into gear for them and for them to let go and to trust their heart and a greater awareness versus the choppy waters of thinking and judging, reacting, fear, stress, and worry. You're going to go nowhere with that. That's back to what you talked about, spinning. So you're going to be spinning. So everyone's dealt an actually fantastic hand. And I think some people sign up for even greater obstacles. I lost both my parents. I'm going to argue that every card in the hand is an ace and it's okay to have five or seven aces, however many cards you've been dealt turn everything into a positive because positivity itself is abundance. So look, this is something that's open to all. Anyone can do listening. You've got free will. If you want to listen to the universe, do it. You're going to hear a response. The first few seconds is going to sound like your own voice. Who do you think has been helping you out? Your higher self, as you would say, your soul, um, angels, guides, light beings, your relatives, even your pet can kick it into gear and you can see your past over loved one. They don't leave you. You'll figure it out when you, when you take that last breath and hopefully, you know, you're getting reunited with everybody. So um, your goal is to help people figure that out before their last breath. Yeah. And I think telling anybody anything defeats the purpose. Now that's the traditional model for all the healers, practitioners, leaders, business, self-help people, you name it is, Hey, Let's go set up an ashram, come in, sell as many courses, seminars, and everything else. And I think everyone who's been doing all of this, the whole wellness, the whole holistic, the whole um, spiritual, religious, philosophical landscapes in business self-help, um, I think it's fantastic. They've brought us to a certain point. There's, there's the whole concept of awareness. And, and yet there's something more available now where people can tune in directly. I don't want to say ditch the gurus, keep going to your gurus, go to Machu Picchu, buy all your books, do all your seminars, keep doing everything else. But when you're ready, it's totally available to you. Why wouldn't you want to meet angels who are beyond human thinking, beyond human limits, who are just pure unconditional love, who don't want to interfere and then ask for anything you want. You just have to know how to operate one of these, a pen and how to be in your heart long enough to get the ink out, Mm -hmm. ask for a hug, feel a hug. The very first one's going to be a goosebump. The second you let go and those hugs get bigger, you can start to have a lot of your stress lifted off of you, even get a little bit of rewiring or feng shui if you're a house, Mm -hmm. your energy, you can get adjusted a little and angels can alter your path. So this is where it gets interesting. You have an amazing, unique life path, but if you're like, hey, help me expand my foundation so I can handle more. I think compassion, unconditional love, gentleness, kindness are kind of the key terms I would talk about. And I would say that all of that is more available to us if we'll just pump the brakes, not take ourselves, our situations too seriously, that sort of age old self-importance thing that humans do. We all do it. And we also all get really serious at times. So. Yeah. Way too serious. (laughs) Okay. That's beautiful. Um, 
what what can we leave our listeners with today that and we'll we'll end this with you can provide some information how people can contact you of course and and we'll include that in the the show notes if people want to go um further is there something you can leave us all with that we can practice that we can do on our own right now that will help us lift the veil to see more or hear more sure just trust that angels exist and then the rest will take care of itself. Answers will come. Um, ask one way, which is how we've always done it. Words through the heart, prayer, whatever you want to call it. We make requests, but we often don't pause to actually allow for the boomerang effect. It's like the alchemist or Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. law of attraction. There's universal forces in place set to respond. Allow for that. It's Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Piglet mm-hmm. asks Winnie the Pooh, how do you spell love? And Winnie the Pooh says, you don't spell it, you feel it. So this is about everything beyond thinking. We're trying to capture it via our brains and it's impossible. You can't grasp it. I tried to grasp angels for two years and here's my conclusion. They exist, allow for this and just one way talk to them. You don't have to worry about listening at all. Skip skip the rest of it, go another decade the way you're doing it. But then Ask for a hawk to fly by, ask for a hummingbird to come right up to you and hover, ask for your grandmother's cooking smell to come in next week when you're least expecting it. Whatever is pleasant for you, ask for Hawaii to come in. Just Great. what we do allow for is the real challenge and okay. opportunity. I want to I comment on that. Um, and I, I loved your, your thoughts on this little mini story. Um, a couple of years ago, when I was really starting to deepen my spirituality, like I was looking to connect with God. And I, I was asking, I want I want a sign. I want to know that there's more out there. And I started to see hummingbirds. They started to appear in front of me all the time, like just in the most bizarre places. I was on a kayaking trip and we pulled up on these bare, just rocks. There's no trees anywhere. We just pulled out onto these rocks and sat on these rocks to eat lunch. And this hummingbird came and hovered like a foot away from my face. And I'm like, hello, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I thought, okay, that's just maybe random. Um, And then the very next day when we're back in town, I'm sitting at my desk and a hummingbird came right in front of my window and just hovered in front of my window. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And it happened a third time, three days in a row. And I started to think, okay, maybe this, this is, maybe this is God showing him herself to me in the smallest being. And then it just kept happening continuously in all sorts of places, riding my bicycle down a hill. My husband behind me is like, did you see that hummingbird following you? <laughs> like, wow, that's so cool. Now, here's the thing. I totally believe that was God, the universe presenting and and reminding me that that God is with me. I'm not seeing hummingbirds like I was before. Very rarely do I see them now. And my interpretation of that is that I don't need the proof that I believe I have this heart that understands, that knows that God is with me. And I don't constantly need to have that reminded that reminder. And I want it. I mean, I do. I I love the joy I feel when I, when I see these little creatures, but I also get that it's maybe it's not necessary all the time anymore for me because I've, I've got this, this real strong belief that God is in my life. So just any, any thoughts about that little story or your interpretation? Just random snippets here. Uh, People can do God, so to speak, in terms of it's, I describe it as all voices at once. You got to own the angel part, maybe meet a relative, kind of get over the whole novelty of this. And then you can hear and it's um, direct and it's personal. And you got to be like, you know, Olympic level, just getting stuff done. Um, I had a person in my backyard two houses ago in Austin um, have a hummingbird come straight up. There's different folks who get different types of birds, eagles, if it's Vancouver, um, feathers these days, even energy feathers spinning down. I was doing an event in March and a woman in Tacoma had an energy feather brought by an angel straight in front of her. And she's- I've had that happen too. I've actually caught the the feather in my hand. Yeah. So- it's what will you allow for? And you're right about, I mean, you, 
whatever you say, you're going to be right about in one sense. And so let's flip the pancake here. It's not about being right or wrong. And it's not about gaining or losing anything or judging where it is in your life path, more hummingbirds, less hummingbirds. And Angel said once about all of that, move past seeing the negative, just spin the wheel and tell angels, hey, make it nice for me. And I could use a few more passbys of whatever it's going to be. And, and just say, sock it to me. I could use more love, more sparkliness, more Disney, classic Disney, and um, bring it to me. Light energy form, a hummingbird made out of energy that when I go to touch it, it just whoop, and I get fireworks. Why not? Um, to an actual hummingbird, what will you allow for? So look, this stretches the structured side of us, the part of us, the societal side, what we know, how we grew up. But I think there's tons of folks out there who are actually ready to roll. They're like Navy SEALs on this stuff, way more credentialed than myself. Um, It's just, um, this is so direct. That's what's amazing about it. You just get to interact directly, kind of kick myself out of the way. I'm connected energetically. I get sleepy afterwards and I got to recover, but I help just help the person open openness themselves the the doorway the doorless door or the gateless gate if we do the joe shoes Zen thing the entry point to the universe if we're quoting seth from the 1970s you people can meet seth and talk to him um the entry point to everything that's sparkly that's love that's all the amazing moments in your life and the bigger you whether we're talking the bigger you that way or the bigger you in terms of your life path ahead your growth it's all through the heart and I, we could be talking being even better at business or an athletics person. Um, all of it has to do with getting out of the routine, the spinning and what we know and the concrete thinking. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're guiding people out of the head and into the heart. That's kind of a, in a nutshell. That's what you, what you do. Yes. So, and so that they can so- al- have the allowing so they can see and hear and, and be receptive yeah, if it's Star Wars, they're kind of becoming the Jedi. They already were. They just had to discover the robes, the lightsaber, their abilities to yeah. just let go and listen. Basic listening. If it's the India metaphor, it's an awakening, whatever you want to call it. Again, it's all the different cultural, philosophical, religious. It's where it all intersects. Consciousness meets mindfulness, meets letting go, meets less thinking. You're going to go right back to thinking. So the word surrender keeps popping up for uh, lots of folks in the last couple months. The only thing you're surrendering for a little bit is your thinking and your structure and that seatbelt that you naturally wear. Take it off for a little bit, get out of the car and walk around. Mm -hmm. Actually enjoy life for a moment. It's so much bigger than we'll ever grasp. And so that's why there's unlimited growth, unlimited ability to expand your awareness. And even if a person has a lot of amazing experiences for one year straight, hummingbird every day, we can tend to rest our hat on that and think nothing else beyond it. Like we can end up getting stagnant from the same thing or rest on our laurels. And I guess what I'm saying is buy the twister set, toss the board game out, keep the spinning wheel and write in some fun activities. Like I'm randomly going to go get a cup of coffee and I don't drink coffee or tea. I'm going to go to Baja, you know, California, Mexico, wherever I'm going to learn how to surf, mix things up and celebrate life a little more, start living life's, not a routine, live it. I'm quoting an angel who said that. So that's beautiful. That's actually a, a great uh, quote to, to end the formal interview uh, and discussion. I really enjoyed this. It's just fun. It's fun exploring things and challenging ourselves to think outside the box a little. And, and it, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, there's been moments where I've had deep skepticism. And then there's, you know, times where I'm a lot more open and receptive to these ideas. And I think that's that I'm inching further and further, expanding, I guess I'm expanding. And that's, that's, the goal, isn't it? We want to expand ourselves so we can see and receive and and allow for new possibilities that we can't even comprehend right now. Michael, I want to uh, I want you to take a moment and just share a little bit more about how people could connect with you. Uh, maybe even uh, outline really briefly what they can expect in if they were to work with you. Is it a one time thing or is it multi sessions? Like, give us the the rundown so people can get a better sense of, of what you do and how One you do it. it works and is usually plenty for folks because you've opened up and all your senses are operating in a broader sense. You're listening, feeling, seeing, and so on, smelling. And it's the Zen thing. You're hearing without hearing. You're seeing without seeing. You're in your heart connected to the universe without all the extraneous stuff. 
the thinking, the blocks, the obstacles, but what about this? What about that? You're just getting everything direct. And you're really, if you want to say it a different way, you're dropping from your head to your heart to let angels do their job. That's it. Pretend you're the angel. How would you tiptoe in and try to help a single human being when we're so fraught with better not this, I know this, oh my God, structure over here, concrete over here. We're, we're only like 5% of our week at most, happiness, joy, cha-cha-cha in the supermarket for no reason at all. And everyone looks at you and you wave hi and wish everybody well. It's rare we're waving to strangers these days. So this is just about that je ne sais quoi, that sparkle, that a little bit of extra you know, pizzazz spark in your life. Um, my website's got it all, www.michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Andre like the champagne, Ford like the trucker car, michaelandreford.com. I'm going to be at Omega Institute this summer, end of July, 29th, 30th, 31st, three days. People can come and meet angels. If you're the type that's like, ah, oh, only if I went to a boot camp, then that's for you. Like book the flight, head over to Rhinebeck, New York. It's been around for 45 years. That campus founded by Elizabeth Lesser, that super soul Sunday author who did broken open. Um, lots of famous folks have come through Thich Nhat Hanh when he was alive. You can meet him now. Um, Ram Das. Um, I think this summer it's Elizabeth uh, Gilbert, remember Eat, Pray, Love, Brene Brown, ABC's Dan Harris, who did the 10% happier thing. If this is all too much for that segment of the audience, you know, the idea of angels, stick to those guys. Keep going until you realize, hey, I'm still kind of doing the same thing. When you're ready for more, picture unlimited detail for your career, for your health, for how to have more fun, how to bring in that significant other, or just to hear, hey, I'm okay. Or how to expand if you want to go the spiritual route, India, Native American, meet Native American chiefs, white buffalo calf woman, have India come to you. Um, yeah, Sai Baba, Sri Kalashwar, Vishnu, Krishna, Ganesh. So there's a lot of really cool flavors here. Hawaiian spirituality as well, Kapuna Auntie Margaret. Um, someone who studied under her when she was alive got to meet her this way. Same thing with Chogyam Trungpa. Um, two of his students from the seventies got to meet him that way. A woman in Sweden, who's really Canadian, um, but 30 years in Sweden, she had adopted two kids from mother Teresa and got reunited. Um, so this is, this is a lot to allow for, but it's luckily just taking care of itself. I tell you dad jokes. I help you drop from here to here. I help you slow down and realize half the things you're already doing through your day when you're not doing thinking, but you might not count vacuuming doing the dishes, flipping a light switch, brushing your teeth and falling asleep at night. Is anything too important? And I'm going to try to make that tick not Han thing that he talks about in pieces every step. When you do the dishes, that it could be the most mindful moment mm -hmm. ever if you'll let go. That's all this is, is that not all moments are going to be the same. You're still going to have to go to the dentist for root canal. But if you <laughs> just let go and not take things so seriously, we have this invisible filter up here that just politicizes stuff or ideology or climate change. And it gets us worried and it generates fear. And we don't realize that our thinking and our judging and our reacting is actually a touch of negativity. We're responsible for our actions and where we put our focus, we're flowing that energy. If you could only see when it is, we'll make it up red as negativity. If you could only see when you're a little bit of pink, except pink is joy. So let's pick something different. If you could only <laughs> understand when you're flowing a little bit of negativity and pull it back instead of, committing yourself to wasting right. energy like that. It's a total well, weight. And that's the, the awareness piece really. It's just, it's yeah. tuning in, being a, an a, aware of where your thoughts are taking you. And then you can step back and let that go and allow for the positivity to flow in. And that's where the critical other thing is allowing for everybody right now on the earth to be exactly where they're at. Yeah. I think Mr. Hicks talks about the contrast here. And, you know, we might think that we have to fix things or fix others or tell others how it is. And that's where I'm the opposite. Yes, I'm on a show. I've got to talk and I've got to say, hey, great meeting angels is a fantastic idea. But everyone's OK where they are and they're doing the best they can. Let's do Don Miguel Ruiz. They don't know or they should be doing the best they can, but they're doing the best they can in another sense based on their unconscious consciousness level. In each moment, they're just flowing their energy. And I have never met a person yet who's flowing their energy negatively, positively, who's like, yeah, I'm going to fake myself out and spend my energy in the wrong way here. No one, I mean, we're all doing what we think we should be doing in every given moment, hmm. but that's why this is beyond thinking. Right. Hmm. 
Awesome. I that was really enjoyable discussion. As was the the first time you and I uh, got on a call. Really, um, mind. Oh, we. <laughs> Michael it? is showing a feather for those who are can't see and um, lighting some sage. Okay, so walk okay. walk us through what we're we're doing this- here. Juniper Ridge, the California company, they make really consistent sage sticks. I'm not sponsored, but I'd love to be. <laughs> I'm lighting sage. It's in a crate and barrel $2 tea light to protect my rainbow shell here, whatever it's called, Avalon. Yeah. And I've got one of those red-tailed hawk feathers I found on a trail from a Native American chief. And I'm now wafting some sage from San Antonio, Texas, through two computer screens to Anita. And she's going to open her mouth one millimeter to breathe a little more. She may catch it on her mouth. She may smell the sage with her heart. She's just going to say when, when she gets it, but I'm going to tell a dad joke for everybody. Should I close my eyes? Should I close my yeah, eyes? Yeah, close your eyes. Santa's reindeer blitz and dance are just those two. Why do they drink so much coffee? Because they're Santa's Starbucks. And I'm waving smoke wave after smoke wave from San Antonio through the screen to her. And she's allowing, being in her heart, I'll tell one more dad joke. I told this before the pandemic. Where in a hospital is the worst place to play hide and seek? Where? In the ICU. You can laugh, you can let go, which also means you can just do the smelling. I just got it. I just got it. (laughs) This is the Zen thing of smelling without smelling. You're in your heart connecting to the universe and you're letting angels, the universe. I'm getting chills everywhere. But it's the Joe Shu had a saying. That's an old Zen philosopher from whenever, 800 AD, 800 BC. I don't know. He said, well, a student said to the master, what happens when the blind turtle finds the plank? And the master says, it's no accident. And we're back to your hummingbird thing. It's not an accident. Nothing's an accident. In fact, when you look back in life, it always makes sense. So can you just allow for a few more, what we'll call accidents, miracles, the other side and everything else that's love, the fabric of the universe to do their jobs and punch through your thickness. And a lot of us have concrete bunkers where we rest our energy. Can you allow for some bunker busting love bombs to come in and help open you up just a little bit, a little more sparkle, a little more love, a little more, oh my God, when I go to run my five miles, it's not drudgery. It's not, I can barely lift my legs. Instead, you're like a gazelle. You feel like you're 14 again. You lighten up. That's what I would say is lightening up is probably like, who cares about any of these details? Do the steps you can do. Go, you know, pick, pick the monk who, you know, wrote that book and follow his stuff Do Elizabeth Gilbert, do whatever you can do, do something, get out of what you know, long enough to have a little more fun. Awesome. Beautiful. Michael, thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Joyful journeyer. I, we appreciate you tuning in and have an awesome day and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining me on the joyful journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.